welcome to That's What She Pled with attorneys Christina Goldberg and Julie Lurson from Lurson Goldberg LLC, law powered by women. It's time to shake up the old standards of law and of business. Join these two witty, intelligent, and sassy female business owners who are taking their industry by storm, challenging stereotypes, and shattering ceilings. These two are on a mission to educate, empower, and support not only their own clients, but other powerhouse female entrepreneurs. Come for a laugh and stay for the vibe as Julie and Christina hold nothing back and share the truth of what it is to be female attorneys and business owners through discussion of current events, original stories, and inspiring guests. Now, on to the show. Welcome, everybody, to That's What She Pled. I am Christina Goldberg, and my law partner, Julie Lurson, is here with me. Morning, we have a Valentine's Day show oh. for you. We, well, it's our view of it's our <laughs> jaded, cynical. This is what you get when you ask a lawyer. Ish, ish. We don't we don't want to be super jaded. I don't have a Valentine yet. We'll see if I find one in the next next. We're recording just a couple of weeks before Valentine's Day, but we have some funny stuff to talk about some interesting stuff, some questions that we actually get quite a bit. And then it's true. Just depends on how quickly we work our way through. If we've got some extra kind of fun stuff to, to chat through, but we shall see. Julie set us off with some, some, I know you, you got some facts from a really funny website. Well, so let's talk about Valentine's day and, and, and in the context of engagement rings. Now I wanted to be prepared. So I did my research and I found the website called womengettingmarried.com. Nice. This is original. I love it. (laughs) Anyway, according to that website, Valentine's Day is the second most popular day to get engaged. Um, The first being Christmas. Um, So anyway, with that, um, it's a natural segue to talk about, you know, the ring and all things having to do with the ring. And in particular- Size matters? Is that what you mean? Sorry. No, Christy. <laughs> I want to talk about what happens when things go south with the ring. The ring. <laughs> Do you, for instance, you're engaged and you've got this big, beautiful bobble on your your left hand, and then something happens, and now you're no longer engaged. Who gets the ring? Do you get to keep it, or do you have to give it back? We're talking about what happens in Florida, probably similar in a lot of places, but in Florida, the engagement ring is considered a conditional gift. So it's a gift conditioned on actually, you know, getting married, going to the church and all that, exchanging vows. If the person with the ring, presumably the women in most cases, is the one who breaks off the engagement, she's broken the condition and therefore she may need to return the ring. Now we're not talking about what the right thing to do is, but you know, if, if it push for to come to shove and let's say it ended up in court, court would most likely order you to return that bobble to your ex. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you're looking hand, at who, oh, who broke off. No, no, no. You're right. looking at who actually did the breaking of the engagement. I mean, you can look at just from a, from a pure legal standard you can look at the ring is 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 consideration for a contract right to enter right. into a legally binding contract in florida right. we're talking about you've got to have consideration meaning each party gives up something 
for for the benefit of the of the whole basically so you've you've got to show that each party is is giving something up to enter into this contract spending money on something whatever it is right, so the ring right. purchased by the guy is is his thing is his the consideration. consideration for this contract and so you're looking at who really broke off the engagement when determining whether you need to to return the ring right and and the gal on the other hand is giving up her all the single ladies days <laughs> um, i should get you songs i know it's like beyonce you know, where's beyonce when we need you know. her <laughs> anyway so that means if the guy is the one to break off um the engagement in theory she can keep the ring now you know one, one might wonder like why do you want to keep this reminder of something that didn't work out but you know that's that's a philosophical conversation we're just going to talk legal stuff here right that would be I mean, mm-hmm. well, and I mean, this is, we're talking engagement. So we're talking premarital gift and right. is, there's a different, obviously once you've been, once you've been married and what happens in the divorce, typically that would be agreed to in the, in the divorce decree, the marital settlement agreement, whatever it is. But you know, the, it's funny when my, my mom and dad got divorced, my mother, my, my father actually demanded the the engagement ring back as, as part of their divorce. And so my mother, I love her said, Oh yeah, you want it back? I got you. She took the ring to a jeweler, had the stone replaced with a CZ and gave him the ring back. Well, in the meantime, she kept the stone and gave it to me. And so I actually have it. The, the ring on my, on my right hand is that the center stone yes the center stone on that ring is my i love my mom so freaking much i'm so proud of her stone because she said no this was the start of christy i am keeping this and and she's getting it and she's wearing it and so that's yeah i had this made and i had that's one of the the three larger stones that's in it yeah very cool well so you know what it reminds me of a story about somebody else that we know who shall go unnamed who when her engagement was broken shortly before her wedding she kept the ring and then the funny sort of part is she decided you know what i'm going to sell this ring i've i've already spent a lot of money that i'm never going to get back on this you know what was supposed to be a very soon to, soon to be wedding and she sold it to a couple and it was an upgrade it was in honor of i think their 20th wedding anniversary mm-hmm. um and so you know as an anniversary gift they decided to buy this ring like I said, as an upgrade and in celebration. And the funniest part was this this lady came back a couple of weeks later and said, you know what? This is just too much for me. Can it's I return blingy. it? It's too blingy. I mean, who does that? Diamonds are a girl's best friend. Too anyway, blingy. to her credit, she said, no, I'm not a jewelry store. It's mm-hmm. yours. It's yours. So you anyway, who That's knows right. who has that r- ring currently? Maybe she went on to sell it too, but. Yes. Too flashy. There's no such people. No, right. there's no such thing as too, too blingy. So there's a lot of times you'll have back to, back to right. engagement. Back to the law. A lot of times you'll have a man will will propose with maybe a family heirloom ring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, my actually my ex husband here another story about me. My ex husband proposed with his grandmother's engagement stone. Oh my gosh, that oh, what a treasure. I actually still have it because as, as when we divorced, I said, listen, I want to keep, I want to keep this for Matthew. And so we agreed, yep, keep it safe. It's going, it's going to Matthew. It's a family heirloom. But again, that was an agreement that we made. There is no premarital though, or, or marital. There's no, there's no specialized law or statute governing, governing the rings if they're, if they're family heirlooms. Yeah. So it's mostly going to be determined on, okay, 
who was this just an engagement ring, you know, no actual marriage and who, who was the one who was the breaker and who's the breaky. Right. Um, because once you're married, it's, you know, the condition has been met and honestly the, the ring belongs to, and the ring belonged to you, Christy, even though it was, you know, a family heirloom from the other side. Mm-hmm. And it's not one of those things that in the course of getting divorced, the courts will, you know, decide, okay, this is some property that we need to figure out how right. to split. <laughs> right. And you do, there is some argument because with, with everything, I mean, you can have a law and you can have, you can have precedent, but there's always the law is always changing. There has, there has been quietly some, some argument. Listen, if you're, if you are proposing on a holiday or if you are proposing on a birthday, uh, certainly if you're proposing, I certainly hope that you don't have it in your mind that eventually the whole thing is going to fall apart. You're going to break <laughs> off the engagement. However, in theory, the argument could be made that the ring is a gift. Right. So just one more thing to a to Christmas gift, mind. a birthday gift. Exactly. And as a gift, that's not something you don't just get to go back after and, and say, Hey, I want my gift back. No, it's a gift. So depending, even if you, if, if your fiance, the, the woman, the one receiving the ring says, Nope, never mind, I don't want to get married. She could argue. Yeah. But you, you gave me this gift was my Christmas gift. You didn't get this me anything else. For turning what I got. One. Right. Yeah. So just be careful with that as well. And that's, that's just one of those, you know, they, you can convict on circumstantial evidence and you can maybe keep your ring on, on the same thing. Now you can always also, oh, of course, enter into an actual contract and they, we call them prenups, right? So maybe it's part of your prenup. You, you discuss or you address who gets the ring should things go subsequently sideways hmm. after you're married. And therefore, in other words, the guy gets the ring back. Maybe because it's a family heirloom. Who knows? Speaking of prenups, it's very romantic. It's another song. <laughs> we want prenup. I want Laura to have that hold music. That wouldn't be classy. No, I'm going to veto that idea. Fine. Fine. Anyway, in Florida, we actually have a statute on the books that specifically talks about prenuptial agreements or prenups, as we like to call them. It's a contract. And like, Christy mentioned a few minutes ago, it's a contract that's made in contemplation of marriage. So in that situation, the consideration, which is, which is part of what's required when, when you enter into a contract, each party gives up something or gives something. The consideration in that situation is the actual marriage. So what that really looks like in reality is that nobody's actually giving there isn't any actual trading of money or consideration. It's it's just this, this you know, upcoming marriage. Anyway, mm-hmm. prenups, they have to be in writing. Both parties need to sign them. Um, and it can pretty much address anything, including engagement rings. It can address real estate, my tool collection, I, you know, anything and everything. <laughs> yep. my, my retirement accounts, <clears throat> uh, my investments. Life insurance. and my, We can talk, alimony. right. Alimony. Alimony, um, who's how my will is going to be set up to help you or 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 not. You know, as long as it's it's not, you know, about committing a crime or doing something that's like really against public policy, you can you can reach an agreement about it. You you cannot talk about child support. So if you guys have kids, you can't agree that I'm I'm never gonna pay child support or anything like that. That that's not gonna fly. But right, totally separate. Um, but yeah. As long as there's no fraud or duress or coercion, you know, so for instance, if 
you know, it's our wedding day and, you know, I'm getting dressed and suddenly my, my fiance shows up with this, you know, 25 page document that he wants me to sign in which I agree to give up all kinds of things. Presumably that prenup is going to be suspect. (laughs) Let's just put it that way because, you know, at this point I just want to get married. I'll do anything to marry my Prince Charming. Even everybody's here and yeah. So it's on the table. Yeah. You know, you also, so basically you got, you got to have time to be able to review it and you got to understand, you know, what kind of situation your fiance is in. Likewise, you need to be able to share that situation with your fiance in terms of, yeah, I've got all this money in the bank or I've got all this debt or whatever the case may be. So there's sort of full disclosure before people agree to do or give up certain things, but yeah. That's pretty much prenup law in a nutshell. Yeah. And you can agree, actually, I, it would have been, I didn't think about it, but I know that there are some like celebrity prenups that I've heard. I think Justin Timberlake and Jessica Beale actually put something in their prenup about if he cheated the amount of money that she would get, or, I mean, you can, <laughs> you can put, you can put penalties in there. I mean, you can, you can contract to basically anything as long as it's legal. Um right. But that, that is one of the ones that I've heard about. I don't even, I don't even remember where it was, but there was something specific in there that, yeah, that if he cheats, she immediately Marriage gets and X amount of money. contemplation of, I'm going to cheat agreement. I mean, I guess you have to be, I mean, somewhat realistic. I mean, if you, if you're in the position where you're constantly traveling and surrounded by women who are trying to throw themselves at you and I don't know, but interesting. Hey whatever. You still got so, <laughs> so let's say you get married without thinking about the prenup and you realize eh, maybe that wasn't a great idea. Right. There are also postnups that, that one can enter into. I would imagine that that would be a more difficult discussion to have with your spouse because gosh, we're already married. And so what are you doing thinking about a postnup if you're not planning for for something to go sideways, but they do exist. Yep. A postnup is actually a little bit, it's maybe a little bit more difficult in Florida because you're looking at bigger disclosures. I mean, you, you've got to have a full financial disclosure and this actually needs consideration. It needs something. Yeah. The marriage has already happened. So that, that, that contract that's... was entered into that's, that's not the same as this postnup. Right. So it does need consideration or the requisite quid pro quo given give and take yep. for it to be deemed valid. So it's got to be in writing. It's got to be signed by both parties. It would be very wise for each party to obtain their own counsel if this is something that that you decide you're you're going to do. Um, separate counsel. Exactly. Separate counsel. Yes. So. It can, I mean, it can impact, again, it can impact alimony, equitable distribution, uh, will, the trust, wills, trust, homestead, all of the things. So, uh, um, engagement ring. Yep. The wedding ring. Exactly. Exactly. Those things. Not, yeah. not the, not child support, but no, not, ch- yeah. nothing can ever, you can't. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. You can't. The court is up. always going to maintain jurisdiction over child support and, Child support figures are child support figures. They are what they are. They're statutory in Florida. Excuse me. Yes, you. Thanks so much for listening to That's What She Pled. We hope you're enjoying it so far. 
If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, you can find us at lawpoweredbywomen.com. And all of our social media platforms are listed in the show notes. So there's not, there's not much you're going to be able to do to get around that. And it's based on how much you make and how much your spouse makes. Yep. Or your ex spouse. kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those good things. Yeah. Well, so that's super romantic. You know, that's great, right? Talking about the stuff <laughs> when you're in a relationship and who gets what. Yeah. What well, we can talk romantic? about, I mean, we can talk about diamonds real quick in a more fun, okay. fun way. Let's okay. round, let's round that out. So I, who among us? I mean, I've been married, but I, I think I would like to get married again and certainly, you know, have fun sometimes looking at, Rank, I don't, I don't have, like I said, I don't have a Valentine, but Hey, I, I can look at bobbles. So just some fun facts. So in the United States, the average size of an engagement ring, um, and this is as of November of 2022, this actually surprised me, but the average size of an engagement ring center diamond is between 0.8 and 1.2 carats. It actually surprised me that it is so small. Really? Yeah. And that's not a small stone, but it's one carat. It's not, it's respectable. No, it is. It is respectable, but it surprised me. What's funny is that compared to overseas, their average is like 0.3 to 0.5. I mean, much more modest, much more modest kind of, I would have said tiny, but modest. Yeah. This actually, it does vary obviously in the United States. So like, Los Angeles average is 0.83. New York is 1.45. Gotta be flashy. Yeah. Miami 1.08. So it's interesting kind of in different parts of the United States, what you find about, about diamonds. So a few little tips about buying a diamond, if you're looking to do that. So the, the key is always get the best cut possible. So the quality of the cut actually is what decides how sparkly your, your stone is. So if you, if you sacrifice the cut for the carrot, you're going to end up with a big dull stone. And that's not what you want because you want to go into that restaurant with your girl, with the, the restaurant lights and it just blinds everybody. (laughs) That's what she wants. Yeah. What are the three C's cut carrot and clarity? Color cut carrot. Oh, color. Four C's. There's four. Excuse me. There are four C's, Julie. But the cut, the cut is actually the most important. So there are also magic numbers. So every half carat, every 0.5 carat is sort of like a some pricing cutoff or whatever. So if you can go just so if you're looking for a one carat stone, if you go with a point nine carat or 0.95 carat. I mean, you can drop the price significantly right. just by going just below. And you'd really, I mean, you'd really kind of never to the know. eye, right. right. Clarity, you can get a diamond lower in clarity. So clarity is actually the best area to save some money because most flaws are, they're too small to be seen yes. by the naked eye. So clarity, I mean, if you're looking at it under the little diamond, what do they call microscope? Yeah. I don't know the jewelers, the diamond thing. Yeah. The jeweler eye thing. If you're looking at it, you can see it, but who has one of those and like, Hey, let me, let me see your, your engagement stone. Was it a loop loop loop? Yeah. Cause it, anyway, and then to, to make it appear larger, the stone, if you're looking for, for that, then it's, it's a halo setting. So tiny stones encircling the, the main stone, a very thin band will yes. help that's that center stone pop, especially like if you go to solitaire or a fancy cut. So a pear or a marquee actually face up larger 
for a stone. So there's some tips for all Listen to Christy, all the men listening to us who are looking to propose. Yes. Taking See advice that's lighthearted and happy Valentine day talk. Yes. Yeah. And then, you know, you can talk about the prenup later. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, so we should probably get out of engagement rings and segue yeah. into something else <laughs> Valentine's day related. And I have a, you know, another really uplifting <clears throat> subject that we could broach. And that has to do with Valentine's day, shorthand VD, VD, STD, HPV, and all that good stuff. You may remember from one of our earlier pods that we talked to you about the case out in the Missouri, Kansas area in which a former boyfriend and girlfriend who had exchanged all kinds of things, including bodily fluids in the backseat of his car. One thing led to another and she ended up suing him because she caught an STD from him. Mm -hmm. And um, she ended up getting a $5.2 million award. Um, Yeah. yeah. Worth it. So yeah. Um, Anyway, background was she, she caught this STD presumably in the back seat of his car. Maybe it was front seat. I, I really don't know that detail. I'm making assumptions. Here. Was it a stick shift? I, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Anyway, she sent a demand, so to speak, to his insurance company, Geico, and said, hey, you know, I, I we, we were using the motor vehicle and he has insurance coverage, pay up. And Geico said, uh-uh, that's not, you know, that's not what we mean. That's not normal use. Not normal would, use of the vehicle. I disagree. I would beg to differ, differ. I don't have a statistic on this, but I'm pretty sure that there's lots of sex that goes on in the backseat of lots of cars. Geico, you should have drafted a better policy. Anyway, right. I digress. Anyway, uh, subsequently they, and they also said, yeah, we're, we're out. We're not, we're not going to get involved. An arbitrator made this big award in her favor. It was upheld by the Missouri Supreme Court. And Geico was not happy and they, they appealed. And just this month, the Missouri Supreme Court obliged and basically overturned that award, sent the case back down again and said that Geico should have been given a chance to jump into the lawsuit. They had been denied that opportunity at some point pretty late in the game. So there's going to be a part two more to follow. We mm-hmm. shall see if, you know, the jury buys onto the story and what they think it's worth and that sort of thing. And then I guess the corollary part to the story was separately. Geico has a case pending in federal court in Kansas. This is, this is where I'm not sure where these people were living or whatever, but in any case, it's called a de- declaratory judgment action. They've gone to court asking the court to declare that no, this policy as drafted by Geico does not actually cover this kind of bodily injury. <laughs> mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. well, advised. it's interesting because right, the language in the in the policy that they're pointing to is quote sexual molestation or right, physical or mental abuse. Obviously, as lawyers, as alert, I'm looking at that going. Um, define that was consensual. Those. Yeah. Define what are the definitions of those? Because I'm, I'm not certain either one of those is going to apply. Right. But also interesting. Did you did you see anywhere, Julie? Did Geico actually include the plaintiff in that deck action? Did they serve them notice of that deck action? I 
I, I do not know okay. the answer to that. Cause that's always, um, that's been ongoing for a while. I believe I I'm pretty sure that-, that was, we, we discussed that in our last podcast. So I just don't know what, okay. where that stands. I just sort of, to give the full picture, we've got the actual, okay, mm-hmm. this is an injury claim lawsuit that's going on. And then separately, is this, does this policy really cover this kind of thing or not? Right. Well, um, interestingly, I mm-hmm. actually, cause we run into that mm-hmm. and, and, and much more recently, Nothing having to do, nothing nearly as fun as this particular no, case, but darn it, <laughs> with unpaid bills, I'll have, I'll file a suit on behalf of a, of a corporate client to get unpaid medical bills paid. And then out of nowhere, I get a motion to dismiss from the insurance company. I could name, there's, there's one insurance company that is guilty of this time and time and time again. I won't, I won't call it out, but I wonder who I will get notice of from them, a motion to dismiss from them saying, no, there's already a pending action. Excuse me. Your little pending action involves my client. You didn't serve my client. You didn't name my client. And you're now making your arguments going and getting your judgment without anybody present to argue against it. So that just makes, it just makes me think this sounds like that same game that these insurance carriers play that in the meantime, Geico and, and again, I don't know what Geico was doing, but potentially in the background, Geico is going on now, we're going to go we're going to go do this forum shop. route. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to go get the ruling that we want to be able to hold it over somebody's head, even though the ruling that we got, we got because we didn't involve anybody or let anybody make an argument. So, and ironically, the reason why they've now prevailed in this subsequent, in, in the, the underlying injury claim is because they were not involved in the actual determination of the damage award and should have been. Mm-hmm. So if they've excluded the injured party in their deck action and, it should be consistent, I guess. What's good exactly. for the goose should be good for the gander. So exactly, it's interesting. Have it both ways. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah. For uh, sure. All right. So you know, venereal diseases, Valentine's Day. It's you know. Well, it's still Valentine's Day. Still, still falls in like cuffing season, right? So, like cuffing season starts in the fall, and people pair up and they're in exclusive relationships. And Valentine's Day, I think, is still in there. So. Yeah. Hopefully no random, random unsafe hookups for Valentine's Day. It's sacred, people. Sacred. So we should, let's find something fun to wrap up on. And let's talk about roses and the meaning behind that bouquet that you receive on, on Valentine's Day. Are they red roses? Long, I mean, listen, red roses. What does that mean? It's all about love. I love you, mm-hmm. passion. I'm romance. So I, I guess the most coveted dozen roses you should hope to have delivered to you on Valentine's Day would be a bouquet of red roses. That's Yay. right. Obviously, it's a sign. Yeah. What roses? There's some other ones though that are one. <laughs> Which ones do we, do we not, not want to see? You know, the research on this was fascinating. The ones that we well. It, <laughs> Well, I, look, I mean, there's black roses. Come on. Yeah. They're man-made, but they exist. And they're, they represent death, basically. <laughs> the ending of, <laughs> of a feeling, an idea, a relationship. So if you're getting black roses on Valentine's Day, your relationship's over. Just, yeah. just yeah. for the record. It's kind of the same with blue. A little bit, maybe. But blue is more mystery 
illusion. They could, in theory, represent just intense desire, intense lust. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Stay away from the blue and black roses, gentlemen. I don't, not interested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm, I, I listened to this radio show and it's out of Philadelphia where apparently there is a jeweler named Steven Singer and his trademark is, I hate stevensinger.com. And he's known, I, 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 he's known for a couple of things. I mean, he has some kind of upgrade exchange policy, any diamonds you buy, you can later return as you're upgrading and you get like, I don't know, I guess you get full credit for your original purchase. Mm -hmm. But at Valentine's Day every year, he has a rose, a gold dipped colored rose that you can purchase for your loved one. Um, This year it's periwinkle. (laughs) It's the peri rose. And so anyway, I've been hearing this commercial. It makes me laugh. I guess this whole, I hate stevensinger.com. He's on billboards. He must be really well known in the Philly Mm -hmm. area. Um, and you know, the backstory is, I I guess women love them, men hate them, (laughs) that kind of thing. But so when I was, when we were sort of preparing for today, I I was trying to see if the color periwinkle had any particular significance anywhere other than at I hate stevensinger.com and I could find nothing. It's just a pretty color and the people who like these roses love them. I mean, you know, every year they get their, their beloved a new rose and they have this sort of rainbow assortment of these gold dipped Hmm. roses, I guess. Oh, I'd rather have live roses. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's lavender. Yes. Lavender is like love at first sight. Oh, fascination, adoration, enchantment. Lavender's not too, there's some lavender in in periwinkle. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, well, if we combine lavender and blue, We've got love at first sight and ultimate desire and lust. Okay. That could so be maybe good, that's what periwinkle is. Periwinkle could be a good rose to get. <laughs> it could be I'm a in, good rose to get. I'm fell in love and lust with you the minute I laid eyes on you. See? Happy like Valentine's it. Day. I like it. I mean, you've got the simple ones, right? Yellow, friendship and peach is it's like the thank you rose, the loyalty rose. Interesting. So you'd send somebody peach roses if you wanted to say thank you or express gratitude for something. Um, what if you get a whole bunch of different color roses? Does that mean you're conflicted? <laughs> I'm passionately in love with you. I don't and know how friend. I feel about you. Our relationship is over. <sighs> All these I important love, questions. I love multicolored bouquets, although typically that's something I would get for myself. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. You rarely, I think you rarely see those. I feel like they sell them at Costco though. Well, they might be less expensive, you know, having, having a whole bouquet of the, the same color rose. And anyway, how's that yeah. for a nice little bit of this, a little bit of that. I think we kind of covered the whole spectrum. I think we did a little bit of venereal disease, some roses, some diamonds, some prenups. Right. Listen, happy Valentine's day, everybody. <laughs> I think we did it. You can pick and choose what parts of this you, you want to take with you. God. and celebrate accordingly that's right so make your reservations ahead yep. of time yep everybody will be booked order your black roses now d- before the prices go up only if you're breaking up 
I mean, that's just cruel. It would be ter- God. Can you imagine? No. What a terrible way. Although, no. Oh, anyway, to each his own. Right. But I think that I think that's it. I think we're we're wrapping up. We've got it. So this is the That's What She Pled podcast. We are. Julie and Christy, we are at www.lawpoweredbywomen.com. We are law-powered law by women. We are. Maybe we should buy, though, I hate law-powered by women. Eh, some uh, some I, people I, do. Let's stick with what we got. Well, that's okay, true, then. but we're not ever going to be for everybody. Maybe we will get black. Maybe we'll get black roses from somebody. Steven Singer. <laughs> okay. I- I've anyway, digressed enough. Happy Valentine's Day. Yes, y'all have a good, have a good, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to That's What She Pled podcast. Don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Larson Goldberg lawyers. The content has been made available for general informational and educational purposes only and may not constitute the most up-to-date legal or other information. The content is not intended to be a substitute for legal advice from your individual attorney and the information provided does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice.